welcome to another episode of Life of the Lost. I'm Sam. And I'm Megan. And... Did you hear how I said that as a question? I'm Megan. Yeah, I know. It's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually kind of on, on key. Because, I guess, going into like this week's episode, one of the things that I guess maybe is interesting... an interesting perspective that I definitely struggle with in terms of my life and I think that this is the first time in my life that I've oh my mic's not on really yeah I'm so sorry you're doing so good oh (laughs) sorry guys Uh just a little technical difficulties Okay, so sorry. Yeah. No, I don't think you're distracted. I just think that like You were touching my booty, I was distracted. <laughs> anyways. Um Yeah, so uh Yeah, so what I wanted to talk to talk to you guys about is something that I've struggled with my entire life and only now have I kind of realized how significant it is in my life and how it shows itself in things that I don't even think it does and it does and I was curious if any other people that are adopted from Peru potentially feel the same way and that is what's that word called imposter yeah imposter syndrome so lately I've been really feeling the effects of that in terms of how I feel about myself and for instance like say you are have a certain title in your life but you don't feel like you qualify or you deserve it Mm -hmm. and I think that that's a really I don't know weird concept to like like be aware of yeah it's interesting because as you're talking about it too i guess i never related this to my life such as because whenever i hear imposter syndrome it's very common in like the adoptive community right so i'm sure like a lot of adoptees feel that it's interesting because you've heard of that before yes but i think for for you it's a little harder to hear about it because you're kind of pulled away from the adoptive community kind of like stand alone on your own grounds with that um but it's very common imposter syndrome like feeling like you know you walk into a place and you're brown but you were raised with like white people and it's it's hard because everybody sees you a certain way but you kind of see yourself or all feel a certain way and it's yeah. just very frustrating um especially our voices you know i think we've talked about this before uh my voice is very sounds like if it has to be uh, a culture but but i also think too that it's not like you know you're from peru and like you're like a very spaniard looking peruvian Mm. you know so you can fit in in ways that like maybe i can't because like i'm super peruvian you know everything about me like facially Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I look like a Spaniard Peruvian. No, but I, I definitely think when it comes to females, they're judged differently than males. From my experience as a as a adopted male Peruvian that looks very Peruvian, you know, yeah. like, um, you know, just, who I'm thinking about is who? somebody who we um, were adopted with who does not really look Peruvian at exactly, all. Exactly, exactly, and curious if he has to go through those same things too or not but i think also sam like a big thing that that's different about you is like you're in new york city like this is such a different place yeah and i don't know like this might be weird to think about like to to say but like this is all like my experience so like i apologize if if i you know say anything um that's extreme or, or out there but 
I feel like I look like, you know, more of the Hispanic that like delivers food predominantly and not mm-hmm. ones that are like, like, like a more upper more, class. Yeah, which yeah. is looking more Spaniard than like Peruvian. Mm-hmm. And I feel like somebody who's as Peruvian as it gets, you'll, you know, like I'm a little guy, you know, I got very Peruvian the facial features mm-hmm. and my skin is like very dark. And so it's kind of like, you, you really, on top of, like, looking the way you do, you, you really, you're, like, at the farthest <clears throat> spectrum, I think, in terms of just that phys- physique. Yeah, and, and I think when it comes to, like, I mean, we've talked about it a little <coughs> bit before, like, when it comes to being compared to delivery boys or delivery guys, predominantly here, you don't really see a lot of delivery women and majority are delivery boys or dog walkers or and i think that's what has been most recent that you get caught up in that that people get caught up in and how they judge you yeah like i don't know maybe for you like maybe once in a while you'll get the like are you a cleaning lady mm-hmm. and you'll say like no i'm you know or something right yeah like in the elevator some that's like all it like goes to like i'm somebody who like if I were to go to a building in my friend's house, like for the first time, they'd be like, where are you delivering to? And they wouldn't show me that like respect. Right. So that's, I guess a good example too is where this kind of came from. And I know we've talked about this a little bit more, but I think this week was really predominant in you finding out what it's actually called you've been kind of struggling with this recently and it's been a little bit more critical in your work while you're in your working environment yeah it definitely feels like limiting you know like I put myself in my own box mentally and Mm -hmm. I think that I don't know I over I tend to overthink the things that I say yeah and I think it's it's not easy because when you're working from home and you have to talk on a computer and you know you're not really seeing people's body posture or movement and it's kind of a little bit harder but I definitely think oh something just came to my mind yeah I think also it's just genuinely people think that I'm a lot younger than I actually am and I've gotten this numerous amounts of times, like when I was in the park with Maya, mm-hmm. like people genuinely thought like that was my younger sister. Mm. And they're like, no way. That's your daughter. Mm. How old are you? And I'm like, 30. What? Well, oh, you know, it's like that makes sense that mm-hmm. you are that age with a daughter. Right. But I'd be curious to know if I was like five ten six foot you know like not looking super hispanic they wouldn't even have second guessed it yeah and and i think it just comes along with with confidence in yourself as well because i feel like there was um kind of going a little bit back to well going back into this but i guess that's what that's what it means right because i'm being judged to a certain degree by my facial features i start to believe it because you know enough people tell you that you look young or that you don't and young equaling the level of status of where you are Mm -hmm. you know so for instance it's weird for me to say that you know I have a full-time job which like that you know in that from experience and stuff and I feel like I should not be working there Mm-hmm. because I don't know why. Like, maybe I'm too young. I don't know. It's a weird. I think for you, too, like, if, if we break it down, like, do you want me to break it down? Yeah. Like, my um, opinion? Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> I, I think... Of course. <laughs> I think, like, before, um, it just it's just gets a little bit more personal, I suppose. That's why I asked. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, if we... Uh, I've gotten this far. Might as well just... Well, it's not bad. It's just like how things are. Uh, So, you know, this job is an amazing job. Probably one of the best jobs you've ever... I think it is the best job you've ever had. It allows the stability. It allows Flexibility. Yeah, a lot of flexibility with bringing Maya and picking her up from school, which is amazing. Not a lot of people before the pandemic were able to have that. And this company has done that. 
even before the pandemic, which has just brought such a beautiful lifestyle and um, working environment, you know, to the to the table, to the people who work there, which is amazing. And they're really kind. They really offer a lot of support. They offer a lot of great feedback. And all around, I think everybody really knows what they're doing. And I think in a lot of working environments, it's hard because you're, you're stuck with people who maybe just push all the work onto you because you're new. They're super rude in the beginning. They don't teach you, whatever the case is. But coming from the places that you came from, like they were horrible. And I was really afraid to, when, when I was looking for jobs here because of all of the bad experiences you've had, thinking like, there is no way I'm going to survive. I never wanted to be a part of any kind of ad agency. So that's why I kind of jumped to either like a nonprofit or being a part of the city because I saw just stability in that. Um, I, I was like, oh, it's going to be rigid working for the city, but it wasn't. Um, but looking at the jobs that you've had, they were, and I won't go into names or anything, but they were just really horrible cutthroat they didn't give a shit about you people were legitimately fighting like screaming all the time there is like couples who were having serious fights in front of everybody like it was just very uh it was very critical and very manipulative along with very toxic so I think that you've been you've been in that and you've been able to thrive but now you're in this and it's just like a a breath of fresh air and you're like how did I go from that horrifying environment to this yeah yo like sorry <laughs> while you were saying that I couldn't help but think about more specifically um how bad I've had it at my previous jobs I couldn't help but think about certain events that, you know, that really, you know, made that statement, that statement. Yeah. And that. And I mean, you can specific, talk about it now, too. Yeah, like one specific event. I remember doing my work. I was minding my own business, had my headphones in, just jamming to some music while I was typing away and designing. And all of a sudden, I hear a huge commotion and I hear my boss being like, like, hey, what's going on? Like walking really fast from his office all the way down uh, the hall. And there was a door that was glass that, well, a whole wall that was glass that you could, you know, you can see and people can come in and out um, of where I was working. And all I saw was this huge commotion. And then somebody being like, Tom, you need to leave right now. And he's like, okay, all right, I'll leave. And then what I found out was that this dude, I don't even know if that was his name. No, it this, wasn't his name. It's okay. This dude, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to like, say <laughs> This dude apparently had um, slapped one of the other coworkers mm -hmm. in a fit of anger because he felt as though that coworker was t like, dragging his feet on something that this person had asked him to do mm -hmm. and the thought that something could one get that intense without hr you know checking in or like the police being called, that. To be yeah honest. and obviously yeah and but then later on to that escalating mm -hmm. and nothing happening they just told him to like leave for a week and then he came back and the guy who got slapped was just like really angry but then it was just normal <laughs> five days later. Yeah. And that was an eye-opening <laughs> kind of experience for me. I've never experienced that ever. And just to think that these people have been working there for years. Yeah. And I was working there for like eight months max. Yeah. And the fact that you had a boss, like kind of two bosses who were ex- exes they were previously yeah. married and and they just gave you different they, they one told you to do one thing and then the other told you to do the other thing and you're brand new and you're sitting there like i don't really know i'm not trying to go say like oh rat this person out and say this person told me to do this but you told me to do that and then they would both get mad and they both get mad at each other then nobody knew who your boss was and one person pulled you into a direction with multiple designers one person only wanted you to be your own designer with and work with them and they had their own styles yeah and i had to 
you know, go back and forth in terms of how even to set up a template for mm-hmm. them. Oh man, that was annoying. It's just, it was just really bad. Like that, those are probably the two, you know, pretty, pretty like rated, rated PG situations that happen. There, there's a lot yeah. of really horrible things and it is really scary. And I think that you kind of got into a mindset because it was actually like one working environment after another, after another. And I think that what ended up happening is you got accustomed to that. You decided that that's what you deserved. And that's all that, that's all that was out there for you. And so now that you're in this one and people are actually coming to you and they're really needing your advice and you have a really amazing title in this job and you feel like you don't deserve that title. And, you know, people are saying like how good you're doing and you haven't even been there for, you know, more than six months. It's like the most beautiful thing. And it's so hard for you to accept that you're doing so good. And it's sad because I'm hearing how hard you're having, you know, you're having a hard time talking. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's something I've never really had to deal with. Um, so taking a reflection of why I feel that way ultimately led to that deeper lying topic of just imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. and how bad I kind of like have suffered from it lately. Um, and knowing that it's kind of gone a lot, it's a lot deeper than you might've thought it was. You, you, I think thought this was just kind of a work thing and you're struggling with work only for other things like in the environment when we go outside to happen and and then you're kind of realizing whoa this is like a lot deeper and talking yeah about and it's just kind of yeah because adoption does come into it like I, I guess another example that I could think of is even the clothes that I wear I don't know mm-hmm. I feel like I look extra kitty when I wear like clothes that don't look like they're adults <laughs> you know like yeah because normal of your shoes size, or something of, yeah. yeah and that's like such a double standard and it really like puts me in a a little bit of a shoebox obviously it doesn't like it's not it doesn't limit me it's that's in my mind but the fact that I kind of have to push against that yeah. is just something that I'm aware of and it's just it sucks a little but I'm not gonna you know get negative and I'm not gonna um, give up because that's not who I am. I'm gonna always fight that and resist that because I just think that people like me, it's a responsibility to other people who will be like me that are kids now, mm-hmm. and to be able to be those trailblazers paving the way. So I guess the younger generation maybe won't have it as hard because people have gotten to these circumstances in their lives in their careers and it becomes more acceptable Mm -hmm. to look maybe more like me but it's interesting though because i'm gonna stop you right there because at the end of the day yes yes it has to do with like people accepting you i guess or looking acceptable but i also think a lot of this has to do and primarily with like your mindset and when you are able to walk out and not real, not to say like I hate when people are like I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about me blah blah blah. All right, all right, tough guy. I think you do, but I think the confidence to know that, and and what you're really good at is to know that when people are mean or mad or whatever, you know that it's coming from a deeper place, and that a lot of the time it probably has nothing to do with you, and that they're taking it out on you. And I think that if you have the confidence in that, you know, in conversations to think about it about the confidence within yourself yeah and like another thing like sorry (laughs) another thing i see i haven't seen anybody else that looks like me in the workplace Mm -hmm. and if i have it's honestly some mexican dude who's but doesn't really look mexican he's like very light-skinned or he's like very you know not hispanicish features that you would think of yeah um so that's another reason too yeah of just keeping on pushing and getting to those places because like i said like somebody who's younger that like me back in my shoes could just like see somebody mm-hmm. and be like be um feel not alone yeah like there's somebody else there that's all
Yeah, and I guess be able to look up to somebody to an extent too. Like exactly what you're saying, because it's a lot. It's life is a little bit easier when you see somebody else kind of doing the same thing you want to do to exactly. an extent. Um, whether it's for it's, us, usually it would have been a mom and dad. There's something so powerful though, seeing somebody who looks like you in a in a position of power. Because. <laughs> Have you ever seen somebody who looks exactly like you in the place that you want to be? No. And wouldn't that, because you can't see that, make your dream a little less tangible? Because you can't necessarily see somebody in the position you want to be? Yes. For instance, all the people that I like in my in my music, music career, the my idols, there's nobody who looks like me. They're all these six foot foot, blonde haired, like skinny white boys. Mm-hmm. There's never a small Hispanic dude who just looks dope and yeah. or who just doesn't dress necessarily like very flashy. Right. And, you know, and that's them. Like, I don't know, like Logic, the rapper, he doesn't dress very flashy. He's just kind of like a T-shirt kind of jeans kind of dude, right? Yeah. I don't know. No, it's it is definitely interesting to think about not having somebody to kind of look up to in that kind of way. As a side note, sorry, as always, Oreo's here with us, and he's got a bit of allergies today, and so he's just kind of going crazy on his paws, and so I'm just (laughs) holding him, so if you heard his burp, like, Uh. he's been burping, (laughs) Um, he's not happy, not happy that I'm holding him either, but, but yeah, I think that for such a long time, I've always wanted to do what I'm doing now, and it's to, like, to create art, to create collages, to, like, put things together, cut them out, put them together, and it's just really fun, and you're right. I, I never thought it was even something to consider, that that I could consider one day doing, um, for fun or to, for a living. And I've never seen anybody do something like that. I used to uh, work for a company. Well, and, do something like that that looks like you. Yeah, that looks like me. Yeah. And I used to work for a company, and we would put on art shows, and we'd have three hundred artists, and. We did it for years and I loved it and I loved seeing people create art and they were making a living off of it and they were traveling and doing these art shows and I always thought I wanted to do that but I also once again never saw anybody like me and so it never felt like it was but a, like tangible. Yeah and you know it's even interesting as you were saying that I was thinking what's maybe even a deeper meaning of why I want to really try and be successful with music, really try and make songs that I love to listen to and with feeling and with progression and just really nice vibes is because, damn, I lost my train of thought. I was talking about me. Oh, um, what were you talking about before? Not being able to relate like artwork or doing something as a profession kind of going off what you were saying earlier of not seeing somebody who looks like you yeah about writing music oh you're talking about more like emotionally yeah i was trying to think of oh sorry yes that's why because one of the reasons why i want to be and write successful music is because of that reason alone, because there's no one else there. That's not, that's not exactly what I was meaning. I kind of lost that initial yeah. thought, but kind of how you were saying, how can other people, how can you make it more socially acceptable in the scheme of life, you know, in a lifetime for other people and for the people who look like you? Isn't that such a beautiful thing because there isn't anybody else doing that. So it would make your road like a lot harder potentially because you have to pave the way for your own person that looks like you. You have to make it socially acceptable for your other cultural diverse peers in the workplace. Mm -hmm. You have to show that, you know, you can bring something to the table and not only can you do that, but you're bringing the passion and all the love and drive for it because it's not a fake thing. It's mm-hmm. not like you're just doing it for the heck of it. You're doing it because the backbone of that, the, the one up bone is that 
that's your creative love like that's that's what you want to do but it's nice to know below the surface too the further successful you go in that like career path you want to go in that you know some someday some kid might look up to you and say like wow like if she can do something like that maybe i can or or if he can do something like that maybe i can yeah because studies show like just seeing somebody who looks like you doing something that you remember how excited i got when i saw that hispanic woman actor in that netflix show yeah roma yes that was just like just see and i wasn't even a woman yeah i can only imagine what how i would feel if i was an actor and a female Mm -hmm. actor aspiring that looked like me yeah seeing that i'd be like wow oh my god like that's so freaking cool yeah it's interesting too because like i can relate to this to an extent too but also not because like as much as i didn't see any artists look like me i um i'm sorry that light going out just kind of just tripped me up (laughs) um it's also hard because like you're talking about things people being you as yourself and how you look being socially acceptable to people and like paving the way and stuff which is super cool but I also lose sight in that a little bit because once again it's like making other people make it seem like it's okay getting acceptance from other people and I think that that's always something I've struggled with because but I believe sorry I apologize no continue (laughs) your thought that was rude of me um no because I think that for me, just struggling with social acceptance in general, like always looking for people to accept me so much so that I've always pulled myself from every good kind of friendship that I've been in. I just pull myself out completely because I don't want to have to deal with like any social acceptance. I'm like, well, if I'm by myself, obviously, which is not a good thing. But um, I guess now even too, I do my best not to worry about kind of what how the outside sees me an example sorry I'm kind of keep going um but an example would be when we post on social media you know I used to get so bummed out if less than like 20 people liked our post and I would worry and fret so much about how a picture looks and how um the visuals are and the filter and what I'm saying underneath and it used to take me up to an hour just to make one stupid post about one stupid picture and now I kind of going back to what Joe Rogan said in some of his podcasts is that he just he posts it and it's done. Like he doesn't really care about the comments underneath. He doesn't care how many people like it. It's like what he liked It's what he saw. It's what whatever it is. He felt the need to post it. And that to me is like not caring about acceptance from other people. And it just makes my life so much easier. Uh, yeah. And I would love to to do that. But for me it's even a step further back because how can I feel like that? How can I not care about that? If it's already ingrained in me, if it's already told to me every day, that that's something that is psychologically manipulating and warping my perspective of myself because we are always a perception of who we are. Like, maybe maybe it's hard for me to explain but i understand you but if you were confident in yourself i'm curious like if you're confident in the words you were saying just like the other day um an example was on friday when you were asked to speak at work and you did it flawlessly i wasn't listening to you but you came in here and you were like i did it it was the first time i've actually not thought about what people are gonna think of me i just didn't think of what i was gonna say and i just did it so flawlessly and it was just like this this really nice boost of confidence that you had instilled in yourself and you didn't worry about other people and how they were looking at you and so that's my key that I'm just maybe I'm kind of not explaining it good enough but I'm just saying like if you have that confidence inside of you then how others perceive you isn't necessarily going to matter yes and in the end it won't right because I'm aware it's not like I'm not aware of people thinking something of me. Like, mm-hmm. for example, somebody thinking that I'm a kid when I'm not, mm-hmm. you know. 
that bothers me because um that bothers sorry about that again lost my train of thought a little bit that bothers me because you're talking about people thinking you're a kid yeah but that bothers me because of i lost it i'm so sorry um I was just thinking when you were talking, like the number one thing that I didn't think was an imposter syndrome, but now that we're relating it to it, as I can, I know I'm having problems with this, is is people thinking that I'm Maya's mom and I'm not. Yeah, because of how you look. Yeah. So that's an interesting perspective. That is actually a perfect example of something that is repetitively mm-hmm. f- put in your face yeah and if somebody were to say that just one time in i don't know five years that wouldn't affect you as much as if somebody is saying that almost every few times a month even that even as little as every time you go out and even as little as going out just to think of a few months having that and then every day Mm -hmm. almost that can be very you can see it right Mm -hmm. and it kind of it it stresses you out it kind of confuses you because your mind is subconsciously fighting that based on the fact that you are trying so desperately to keep your how you feel Mm -hmm. only to you right and Mm -hmm. to do what you love and not worry about anybody else but it's hard when somebody else is telling you something that is contradictory of how you feel yeah and it's and that is like something that i get worked up into and then i guess what i didn't realize what while you're talking about this yeah. is the the preconceived notion of actually going outside and having to see somebody so say i'm like with maya and she's alongside of me and we're like walking to school and um, we're walking together and then she sees somebody she knows and then the mom's like oh my gosh hi maya and the mom kind of knows her and usually you bring maya to school so you know like the the morning crew and yeah then, but I, I i definitely just trying to i oh my god i get this is exactly again with imposter syndrome yeah. i don't feel like a parent so i get nervous to look at parents yeah because it's so weird i don't look like a parent like we definitely do not fit in in the demographic here yeah, as far I'm, as parents yeah like i'm not a six foot white guy who's like 45 to 50 who's walking with his coffee yeah with a little scattered gray hair you know some glasses definitely super casual looking very mellow shoes some nice you know khakis or some pants uh navy blue or dark gray you know and a nice collar t-shirt with like a nice slim fit bomber jacket of some sort nice you know or something something along those lines what you would think a dad would look like i guess that's even crazy my own perception of what a dad is even warped within itself exactly and then when you're walking up to these people and they kind of like acknowledge you and you're like what the fuck like a i'm like in my head thank you for acknowledging me b i don't really know what i'm supposed to say right now because they're like oh my god you must be maya's mom and then i have to stop and i have to like think like no like i'm not maya's mom and like I'm already thinking before that person's asking me that. So I'm already scared and I already start getting anxiety even before that. Even when I'm walking outside worrying about like seeing people. So it's like this big boost of like, oh my God, like something's going to happen. I just don't know when. And I guess I've never realized that I walk around with that. But that's what you must kind of walk around with as well. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think I've thought a lot about this, you know, and... I that's one of the reasons why I really want to see my goals out through the end in terms of definitely with my musical goals because the deeper root is is that I love it I love playing music like um, creating sounds that people would like get all these really cool ideas and inspiration and just feelings feelings is something that's truly special to me and i so much special so special to me that i am dedicating my whole entire life to getting to the bottom of it you know Mm -hmm. to getting to understand and to capture that catchy melody in the back of your mind that's just so annoyingly good 
and you're just can't stop listening to it. I think that's one of my the most favorite feelings I have in music. When you find that one amazing song and the day's over and that feeling of waking up in the morning like, yes, I'm going to go to the gym and yes, I got this dope song that I freaking am in love with right now. I can't wait to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And you just, that feeling when you put on your headphones and you're about to click play on that song, that's that's what I live for. And I feel like that right there is the confidence that you have such good confidence when it comes to that. Like sometimes you get worried, like, is this good enough or not? But I think you know deep down that you're really talented and you're really good at what you do when it comes to music and when it and comes that, to like... And that thought is mm-hmm. based on me trying to compare myself to other people yeah and when i don't and i like what i'm doing now and just really just focusing on like catchy melodies that i I like i really love Mm -hmm. and it's definitely changing Mm -hmm. my songs yeah and and you're not getting uncomfortable yeah it's different i try and keep it in the electronic field which is some feel that i really love and with that little bit of just relatability factor in terms of what i wanted to envision and then what comes naturally to me that sweet spot in the middle yeah is it it's that it's that un what's that the untapped yeah no but the uh the x factor yeah you know that special ingredient that just comes together when a bunch of different chemicals are mixed in at the exact right way at the exact time at the exact temperature that creates this like crazy new chemical mm-hmm. that just makes everything jive and so that's my mission to find that chemical and i know i will you know i i know and it won't be easy it'll be hard it'll be a lot of concentration and dedication but that's the promise i made to myself that's the i married that i married mm-hmm. that 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 you know, I, I really thought long and hard a few years about really going in that direction. And wherever it takes me, it takes me. And this is super interesting because if you were to listen back to this recording and you're listening to the beginning and how you're talking and how you're really articulating what you're going to say next and you're worrying about what you're going to say next and things aren't necessarily flowing as they are right now, it's it's definitely there, there's a divide, Right. And, and what you're going to say, you're worrying about what you're going to say next. It's a little choppy. Now, when you're talking about something you love, like music, it, it just flows. It's really nice. It's like really beautiful. You're able to be confident about what you're saying because you know about it, because you're experienced in it, because it's something you're truly feeling. And in your head, like you can't be wrong if you're feeling Maybe. it. Maybe. That's why I love music, because music is one of the only things you can do in your life that people will look at what you do and not what you look like Mm -hmm. because you are not getting a first taste of who I look like. You're getting a first taste of what I sound like. Mm -hmm. And then if you like what I sound like, and then you see what I look like, I know dang well, you're going to be like, that's him. (laughs) Cause Mm -hmm. I do that all the time with other musicians, but then I fall in love with how they look, you know, their persona completely Mm -hmm. fits with the music that they play. And it's like such a cool thing. Yeah. And so that's so funny. That literally happened to me the other day when I was looking at um, people who are like packaging stickers because I've been doing a lot of research about stickers and like postcards, whatever. And um, this girl, like I was watching her YouTube and same with this one guy. I was watching his YouTube. He's su- this what the guy was super wacky, really like mad scientist kind of guy printing these comics. And at first I was like, you're, you're weird. But then with the information that came with all this stuff and how tactical he was and the stuff that he talked about and the confidence he had, I was like, Oh my God, like, I don't even like comics, but wow. Like what, for some reason now I really like you. And same with the girl, she does art completely different than what I'm doing, but because she had the confidence and showing the whole world, like what she was doing, like, this is, I'm waking up. This is how I pack my orders. This is how this, da da da. It just, it just brought like such a, a cool feeling to her because she was confident in what she was saying and she she knew that this is what she wanted to do. You could feel that she loved it. And so, yeah, definitely understand. Yeah, like what you're about. saying, exactly with that. I, I So I'm really into the show Dune mm-hmm. um, and the lore. It's such a, I don't know, like I haven't told you this, mm-hmm. but I've been watching video after video after video about all these different kind of 
uh, cultures and races within the Dune lore. And wait, what the, is that? Is this like a? It's the movie Dune with the worms, the sand. Oh yes. Yeah, and there's like the Benny Gesserit, which is just wait. Like, is that what we were kind of watching? But then I was like, whoa, this is like way over my head. We went to the movies. They watched Dune. Remember with the musical score? Oh. The, yeah the the planet this desert planet of Arrakis. No, no, yeah, yeah. But after that, we were watching yeah. some kind of like animation series that yeah. was explaining it. And yeah, it was. Some, so I don't far. know if it's that one, but it it was one like that. Okay. And that was an explanation. The sorry, that was an explanation of the whole lore within itself of okay. from beginning to end, which is a huge. Fr- you know thing to think about Mm -hmm. but if what i'm doing now is something even deeper right because there were so many things right so many races so many timelines so many people Mm -hmm. that you had to keep track of so what i'm doing is i'm trying to understand all the races Mm -hmm. trying to understand the culture that they pride themselves to um i'll get a little nerdy here but i'll just give you one example you might not understand what i'm saying that's okay but there is an emperor that rules a bunch of star systems within this empire, this galaxy. And there are about five different houses. And one of the houses is rising in popularity. And the emperor doesn't like that that house is rising in popularity. So what he does is he orders that empire to take control of a planet Arrakis and what he's going to have happen is another feuding empire that is fighting with the empire that took over Arrakis. And what they would do is they would, they set him up and they killed killed that that um that empire. And that was just one instance. I'm so sorry again. What were we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> why do I keep doing that? You know why? Because I'm so desperately trying to get what's in here out in, of my in mouth. a faster way yeah and also have it relatable so the people who are listening can understand it yeah but I, anyways i was just that's something that i'm really interested in and oh we're just talking about like having the confidence and yes so sorry i remember now anyways the guy who annotates it on youtube that i listen to yeah I didn't, I, for some reason, I had an idea in it, in my mind of what he looked like. Yeah. I thought he was like this, like skinny, white, nerdy kid. Yeah. And I think that, I think he's like a, a, a bigger African-American dude. Oh, wow. And cause I, I seen his hands and his arm. Yeah. Um, through a book that he was holding at the end. And I'm yeah. like, wow, I did not think that. You didn't see that? Yeah. I didn't see or that. Hear that uh, yeah. Of. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. I heard, all I heard was the love and enthusiasm that he had in his voice mm-hmm. explaining all of this lore, this yeah. Dune lore and yeah. how he was saying how this is a fascinating topic, yeah. how these people were able to manipulate the genomes to understand interstellar travel. Right. And I'm like, yo, that is impressive. Yeah. This is about the story. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, wow. I'd, it was just a fleeting thought, you know. Yeah. So I did not think that he would have been that ethnic ethnicity. Yeah. Oh, you know that's cool, but yeah, I guess it is a it is a touchy subject because it's um it's something I'm sure a lot of people, not just adopted people, have to deal with um in their own ways. Maybe they're not following their parents' footsteps, and their parent is well known, and they're not, or. You know what, whatever the case is, and it it is hard because I think even if I wasn't adopted, I think I might be possibly still struggling with this like weird feeling about. You know why I I really struggle with imposter syndrome when it comes to Maya and who I am to her only because I worry a lot about her, and I worry. You know when people say those things like, "Oh my God." Your daughter's so beautiful. And I don't stop and say, oh, my God, like, that's not my daughter. That's my partner's daughter. And I'm not her mom. Because I've done that before. And not like that. But but just been like, oh, that's not my daughter. And then they feel horrible. They're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. You just look like, I mean, not like bad, but like, uh. and then yeah, they well, get it's caught like what up. trying to say that because she's 
Hispanic and I'm Hispanic. Yeah, and that's and that's what they think I'm I'm like hinting at or something and I don't I'm but that's not such at all. a crappy feeling. Like, oh wait, you don't work here? Yeah. No, no. I'm so sorry. I know. And I'm like That happens that, all the time. I'm gonna go fuck myself. Like that I makes me feel so that. bad. I'm I like, just stopped looking turning around like, now. Dang, like do you really like I, I don't know. even I'm not even I don't have a server's uniform. <laughs> yes, that's literally God what I think every damn. time. I used to go to Walmart and and I'd wear like blue on accident or or um Target and I'd wear red on accident and it would happen all the time and I was like, "Oh, because I'm wearing red." No, but then I purposely would have to think about that before I go and I'd wear pink or I'd wear orange or I'd wear and something that's like those little things that just bother me. Yeah. You know. But it sucks because it's like what if you were not you know, like, for instance, what if I was a six foot white guy when this doorman came to, like, you know, flex me, you yeah. know, like, would that have even have happened? I know. And that's just a, it's just a sucky feeling being judged. That's all. And yeah. trying to not only stay afloat and not let it get to you, but just to still know who you are. And but still to be- stand up, like you said the other day, it's kind of like I... For me, I'm more of a like in my head. They'll say something to me, and in my head, I'm like, "Ah, oh, fuck you," and but I that, keep walking. But then you bring up a really good point on saying that you need to really correct people, and you really need to tell them like that. This is not how it is. Yeah, like you know, they say in Spanish, you know, do you speak Spanish? And I'm like, no, nah, I I, do, I speak, you know, like I speak English, not because I. And sometimes it comes out a little like I speak English. You know, you can talk to me in English. Yeah. Um, because they need to know. I feel like it bothers me. So it's unfortunate that sometimes I use that resentment, not at them, but at the 15 other people that said it to me before. Yeah. And that just bothers me too. But me trying to not let it get to me, I think, is one of the things that I was talking about, just being like pioneers and trailblazers. Yeah. Because to you're brunting a lot of that initial force i feel as the people who come after you won't have to feel like that because they've seen you they've seen me they've seen a ton of other people who've still still fought through that those little things those little like oh you know do you speak spanish or do you work here Mm-hmm. You know, you'll you'll be able to get through that to the point where they won't maybe even say that to somebody like you in like, 40 years, in 50 years. It's hard to correct people without, for me, without getting but, like attitude about it. Because, because like you're you kind of bothered. Yeah. I know. And that's and that's the frustrating and thing And how that you do have you say something like nicely? Because like an example would be, oh, like, do you work here kind of thing? You, do you turn around and say like, hey, like not all um, people who look like me work here. You know, like it's it's not like you're trying to, but or, or do you say that because it's like what but it is? But that's the interesting. Or do thing you too, ask and say, "Hey, why think, do you think I work here?" I think finding a very sensitive, communicative way of expressing your feelings to that person about potentially that they shouldn't maybe assume something or they sh- or you know that you aren't necessarily who you think you are and get that message across to them in a respectful manner mm-hmm. is so important because you know me and you if you think about it we are representations of our brand of peruvian we are the extension right so mm-hmm. when anybody thinks of somebody if anybody ever meets another peruvian after an encounter with yeah. us they could think wow like i thought you guys were like dicks or like or are you wow that's really interesting i met a peruvian and like i had a very interesting um (laughs) talk with them because i had funny story i had thought that they worked there and they told me something that i never even thought about in a way and we ended up just striking up this interesting conversation about race and and labels and society and just and he and he or she taught me something that was very something that i was completely unaware of and i respected them so much for that because they really changed my perspective on how i deal with people in general of of that look like me potentially Uh and and telling that to another peruvian and being like oh shit that's (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome yeah. you know and just just having that effect 
so I don't know, maybe, like I said, right, in the, f- the future of proving to come into this New York City, who come into the Upper West Side, mm-hmm. they'll say, like, you know, maybe they won't, maybe people, because they've taught that down to their kids. Yeah. It's more of a... Acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is interesting being able to hold a conversation and being able to... Because I don't know if you agree, but I think in New York City, like, Africans and Asians, they are a lot more prevalent within the field um maybe that i'm in yeah because i see you see them more i only i only know one person one other person in this whole field who who's hispanic like me and it's not it's not a it's not a man it's a girl huh and there's what like 300 employees in the whole place yeah and that's very and a lot of them are african-american men and women a lot of them are asian men and women so it's just interesting. That's yeah. all. Like, and, but they are minorities, right? Right. Never, so. Yeah, I think one thing that you've taught me, which has been really hard to do, is, you know, when somebody comes up to you and says something horrible or does something or whatever the case is, to sit down and take the time to explain to them and talk to them about it and um, not get attitude back. And it's very... Because coming from a place like Minnesota, like it's very easy to snap back at somebody and then they might snap back at you, but then it's kind of done. But here, um, sorry, because it kind of goes both ways with doing something good too. And um, I'll say that after. But I remember a time when we were walking or something and somebody said something like horrible to you and you took the time to explain to them or whatever and you didn't snap back and afterwards I was like why didn't you just say like fuck you and like you know whatever the whatever kind of language I had (laughs) just why didn't you just tell them to fuck off and you're like well if I did that then they would just see everybody who comes after me who looks like me as kind of like an animal or kind of like a person who doesn't know how to handle themselves and it's interesting because I guess a prime example of in the media obviously everybody's seen like will smith i know we talked about it last week but a lot of people are saying it's shitty because he's going up there and smacking somebody and he's just showing other people that people who look like him can't handle their emotions yeah. can't be stable you yeah, know and a lot of african leaders and community activists were saying you know that that does kind of take us you know, a little step down socially because of really huge event that happened that so happened to be two African-Americans. Yeah. It's like, it's not a good look, guys. Yeah. We gotta, we're better than this, you know? And it's just, it's hard because, well, it's interesting because, right, I've seen, um, I've seen people who look like us, like friends, you know, and they freak out on people and, or they'll, they'll be talking, they'll, I have an example, but I don't really want to say it because it's like somebody who might listen. But somebody had called me one time and they were flipping out about A, B, and C. And they're like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I was like, well, maybe we should just calm down a little bit. And I tried to like summons like the things that you would say. And I said, look, like if you kind of go back to this person and you say it like that or you make a scene and like bring it onto social media or whatever the case is, you literally look just like them you are literally stooping down to that exact same level because you can't come off as a person who can communicate their feelings. You're coming off as just angry, irrational, erratic. And although you think you can justify all these feelings, it's not, it still looks bad. It still doesn't look good. And we actually were talking about this the other day with um, famous people and how they let people get like, how they let people like trolls get under their skin and then they go on and then they address it. And it's like you might as well just not address it. Yeah, because they don't they don't care what you have to say. And then they, it just gives them ammo to just keep going and going and going because they don't have anything better to do. So now you're kind of feeding them, and now you're prone to go back and forth. And now you are also known to when somebody gets under your skin, you're known to say something. So now they just push harder and harder and harder until you get the next thing. You you come back. Unless, and yeah, and I think there's a, a fine line to that too. Unless, like, you do have very uh, genuine responses to some of these things instead of lashing out. Just yeah. the genuineness. Like, yeah. for instance, a good example is Rich Piana. Right. He has a ton of people who crack jokes at him all the time. But because he is such an icon and he's so different from everybody else, it's so easy to make fun of him. Mm-hmm. But because 
he's such a good sport about it. And because like it started out as like really like mean because I, I genuinely think a lot of people are jealous of him because he was just he he was so confident guy. of just like being such an outlier of like society in terms of he just loved that big like 90s just like venice beach california like tattoos like fitted hats like such a dope style he loved that so much that in the beginning people make fun of him but then it ended up turning into a really big admiration for him in terms of them doing it not you know when somebody makes a joke to laugh at you mm-hmm. and somebody makes a joke to laugh with you yeah that was one of those jokes that they were laughing with him. They're just like cracking jokes, but they're like, yo, I love this dude. Yeah. This dude's fucking great. Right. And sometimes when somebody would heckle him, he would be completely honest about it. He'd be like, look, dude, like, I know a lot of people have been coming at me saying, why am I making real food when I was so pro mass gainer but now i don't like mass gainer mm-hmm. he's like look you guys gotta understand <laughs> if you have a job somewhere and they're paying you to say something mm-hmm. i mean you kind of want your job right mm-hmm. so like any job you do what they say it's like what so, I, I i don't like mass gainer yeah for context he was what was the brand that it was he worked for mutant yeah and he was a spokesperson for mutant and he was selling protein he was selling mass gainers he was selling Mm pre-workouts and only years in in the future where he grew his own channel and his own brand that he started to want to create a product called real food which is all the pros of mass gainer and none of the negatives like it was just straight up like oats dried peanut butter and some uh, crystallized egg whites. I think those were like the only three things. And maybe some dates in there for some extra sweetness. Mm. And that's what he would sell. Mm. And he could say, I mean, or you could just buy oats and just put a ton of oats in yeah. a blender and peanut butter to get that extra calorie dense. Or you could buy this. Because I, all I know is that I hate mass gainers. And that's Everyone, when people are coming out. Yeah, they're like, oh, that, you're such a hypocrite, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And he got tight. He's like, look, like, <laughs> let me break it down for you. For anybody, he was like saying this, for anybody who doesn't know mm-hmm. that uh, how the industry of entertainment works. Yeah. When you get hired to do something, he's like, so you think the Viagra guy loves Viagra because he goes on there and says that Viagra is such a great product for him? Dude, really? Like, come yeah. on, guys. He's getting paid. He's mm-hmm. most likely an actor. He's not even somebody who stru- who has erectile dysfunction, guys. Like, yeah. come on. Like, and, <laughs> and everybody was just like in the comments, like, yo, like, dude, you're that's fucking legit. Like, yeah. you're you're right on, man. Like, um, and people respect people, like you said, for for things like that. I and mean, they'd most be like, people. and they'd be like, yeah, Rich, I hate that those people who who give you shit for that. Yeah, they're just haters, Rich. Yeah. Like people just say Stood that. Stood up for him a lot of the time too, because he was genuine. And I think bring going all the way back to what we we're talking about is yeah. that genuine um, response to things. Yeah, out of wanting to people to understand, and less of just you guys are fucking idiots. Yeah, how can and you this hurt me why. like this? You know, you yeah. just you're just trying to bring me down. Right. It's like, dude. <laughs> yeah. To come at it just rational, I yeah. think. And that's the most, that's the, the the best thing you can do is to not just come at these things like, this. yo, this table is making the illest noises today. I am so sorry. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> but yeah, to just come at things rationally because when you come like swinging bats, it's just like nobody, they don't, nobody should really respect that. You know, yeah. nobody should. It's just, it's too much. It's overwhelming. The next time they see you, you you okay so i guess an example is right after that happened when or not chris rock when will smith smacked him and then he goes up and does his acceptance speech of whatever award he won and then he's crying and saying like you do crazy things for love blah 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 like this half-ass kind of thing it's it's like just because you smacked somebody and now you're crying do you think i feel like any empathy for you like am i supposed to feel like you know is that supposed to take it all away because even in the moments like I get caught up in moments where I'm very angry and I say like horrible things and then later on I'm crying but do you think that takes away the feeling that I gave that person like no yeah so it's like you have to really watch what you say and watch what you do because like you tell me all the time you can't take that shit back yeah and the him that's gonna be on there forever lifetime forever forever 
speaking of like that, I just saw a video that's like an hour ago about, um, I think it was pretty recent and Jada was filming Will about something. And did you see that? When she was talking and you didn't see them? No. When oh, she was, and oh, and he was talking about social media. Yeah. He's like, yo, like you need to like ask me the question before you film me. Yeah. Because I don't know. It's like social media is everything to me. And I don't appreciate you like blindsiding me like this. Yeah. And she's like, mm-hmm, keep talking. You know that Red Table Talk be helping us or something. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, my God, you are so mean. Yeah. The man A is lot of so... things have been coming out kind of of her. Dude, but... she is so, like, I genuinely, like, if there was a way to, like, I wish somebody could give me a cheat sheet on the things I could do to just not support Jada. Like, with everything. Like, in terms yeah. of, like, what I buy, if there's, like, something that she like makes money off of i will not buy that with all due respect because i don't appreciate people who who do that to somebody else i don't care what had happened in the past if you know you do that in today you know yeah she was trying to make like an extra buck by filming him and wanting to get his reaction from something and he was getting really upset just saying like like, you know you you shouldn't do this you can't just throw a camera in my face and just expect me to get some some reaction for you so you can you know do some kind of clickbait or whatever it was and for. it's so mean because it's like taking nothing away from like will smith i feel all the things for him still it's like what yeah. he did was just messed up and he should never have done that and right. i don't feel bad for him that he is um a grown man let alone like a child he's a grown man dealing with this relationship ish yeah. this toxic relationship when he you know claims to know so much about like you know what's best for him and how to work through things and all that stuff yeah but i feel bad for him you know at the same time when somebody yeah. does something like that to him my my empathy void doesn't end with what he did yeah because it's a new day as well yeah and whatever this person is doing i don't agree in general with somebody hurting somebody else but you also have to look at him like for staying with somebody who who is doing that and she's hurts. correct and yeah. she's known to be toxic like that too it's hard to like it's so hard for me kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier with how you react and the goodness and the bad um And I guess an example would be coming into New York City and I'm this like Midwestern little kid coming in here just being like, oh, like, how are you? Have a good day. Like, hi, like talking, talkative, like totally down to talk to anybody, totally down to help anybody. And um, only to, to see like the negative in that and for people to really shun you because you're nice and it's hard to find it's hard to live your life and figure out how to navigate that figure out who you should be nice to and who you shouldn't be nice to because i'll tell you what i've gotten shitted on because i've been too nice here like completely destroyed and so today an example was we were downtown well we were in midtown and this guy gets out of his car i didn't see how it happened but their water bottle or a water bottle was underneath the car in the middle of the car. And so he couldn't reach it. And he had told his wife, like, I can't reach it. It's in the middle of the car. It's in the middle. And so he started backing out. And I thought for sure he was going to just kind of get out, get out and grab it again and give it to her. But he didn't. And it was just there. And they had their window kind of cracked. And and you looked at me like, yeah. oh, shoot, is that theirs? Like, sh- should we get that for them? And I was like, ah, I would have before, I totally would have said, yeah, let's go. Let's get it to them like that. It's totally fine. But now I'm way too afraid they're going to think like I'm I'm like trying to steal their money or trying to carjack them. And or... I feel like that's part of that being defensive about your peace of mind. Yeah. Because you're defensive. You don't want to risk it because yeah. they, could, they could destroy your day. Yeah. Make you feel bad. And it's hard because you're trying to find like, so when you're talking kind of going back, the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's like you, you can feel bad for somebody and then you can get stuck in this loophole. And then and then I guess this is my like warped mind and I think a lot. So I could be totally wrong. But it's like you, you feel bad for, for Will Smith for the toxic relationship that he's in. But then you also have to look at him for staying. But then you also have to look at maybe why he's staying. But then you have to look at like, you know, it's it's very hard and it's very like toxic. I know to for me to even think about things like that. And, and you should probably just be like more 
involved in the moment and even us talking about stuff like that is so it's culturally relevant right but it, it's like it's really stupid because we don't know anything about them in general we just know the things that they show us and who knows all of this could be a pl- publicity stunt because he does have two movies that he's currently working on and she has her red table talk so i don't know I don't know. I don't really know what to believe as far as what I see sometimes because of that. Yeah. I just, based on what I've seen, Jada just, she just seems kind of like kind of a bully a little bit. Yeah. And I just, nothing personal to her. I just, I don't really like bullies. I don't really like what they do. I don't really like how they make people feel. Mm-hmm. And, and how did that even get online? You know what I mean? It's like me. think about it's just me, how man. why why she she, she riled him up. He was very serious, but he's also a professional actor, so let's not forget that. You know what I mean? Like, but he seemed very serious, very taken back, very upset about it. But still, that got online because that doesn't make her as a person look good. It doesn't make him as a person look good. So why how why did she leak that online, or why did she get that online somehow? You know, for for everybody to see, it's just very like yeah. twisted in my mind. So. Yeah, I just try to sometimes not navigate through other people's things because I have a hard time navigating through myself. Yeah, it's hard enough. The things I deal with. Yeah. (laughs) But yes, this was was nice talking about imposter syndrome because I think it relates to a lot of things. It definitely does. And if anybody's listening and can relate, I'd be curious to hear what you'd have to say. Mm Mm-hmm. Or if you can't relate to, it's kind of nice. Yeah, why can't you relate? Because <laughs> you look like everybody and everybody looks like you. Yeah. I don't know. It's not a big deal. Grow up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll just go fuck myself and delete this podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but let's wrap it up. Yep. Um, uh, again, it was nice talking about this. And I suppose uh, keep it short and simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see you next time on next week's episode of uh life of the lost all right guys see ya peace